hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Marriage Matters with Ken and Shar. We got kind of a special episode uh, going right now. Shar is not with us. She's down visiting our daughter down in Southern California. So I invited some friends in, a couple, to come and share their story. So this is Zach and Cecily. Hi, guys. How you doing? Doing good. How are you? Good. I'm great. I'm Cecily? Good to see you. You doing good? Yep. Uh, we're sitting across the t- they're sitting across the table from me, and they are absolutely adorable. But I, I brought them in here for a reason. The last two episodes was a, a two-part uh, called Expectation and Disappointment. And uh, uh, Char and I have been sharing for a long time uh, that we're really just equipping people, tools going in their their work bag, right? And marriage in regard to the expectations and disappointments that we bring into our married life, it is a big deal. That was a big tool. And to hang a little flesh on it, Shari and I both, as we were going through that first and that second episode, thought of you guys and thought of getting you in here, doing a quick interview, because I know you've shared your story with us enough uh, that I understand that uh, expectation had crept in and uh, as it was unmet, began to really hurt you guys and make things difficult. So I want to thank you guys right off the bat for being willing to come and share your story. So share just, first of all, just a little bit about yourself, how long you've been married, your kids and all that stuff. Just let us get to know you a little bit. Well, thank you for having us. Um, we have been married for almost 12 years now, just about 12 years. Great. And uh, we've got three kids. Uh, they are almost seven, eight, nine. Six will be seven here in a few weeks. And so we'll have that, uh, that little tag team, uh, two girls and a boy. Uh, they keep us pretty active. I uh, work in kind of a secular job setting. I work sure. in the automotive industry. And Cecily, what do you do for it? I'm an eighth grade math teacher. Eighth grade math. How exciting. And we're just at the beginning of a new year. And how you doing? You holding up okay? I'm holding up okay. Good. I, I heard you say you got a good class. So things are going good? I do. Awesome. Good. All right. So uh, Zach was being a little bit modest. I know that Zach has, though, works secularly. But uh, I know he and Seth are both very involved in the things of the kingdom. Zach has, I met Zach. He was an elder in another local church here in our city. And uh, have just spent other time with him in leadership stuff with he and Sass. And it's just been a joy getting to know you guys. So, okay. So in regard to expectation disappointment, the, the bottom line, let me just recap something real quick. So that if someone's just now listening to this episode, something will make a little sense here. Uh, again, the expectations that we bring into a marriage, historically, we get them from something we've seen, our childhood we watch a mom and a dad. We watch our parents or neighbors and people around us. We get them from the, if we're believers and followers of Jesus, we see some of uh, marriage stuff around us in the body of Christ. And we can take our cues there and think, okay, it's well it's supposed to be like that, or this is what I should be able to expect. Or uh, maybe worse of all, we get it from pop culture and too much TV and too much uh uh, too many movies, and we develop some kind of expectation of what marriage life is supposed to be from, I suppose, all different places, meaning what is our intimate life supposed to look like? What does, how clean is the house supposed to be? Um, how much money are we to make? What kind of house are we to live in? These are all weird expectations that can be lodged in our heart that can do marriage damage over time. And I know 
oh, months ago in our backyard, you guys were sharing some of your story. And I think that happened to you early on. So let me start with you, Zach, just in regard to that, fill us in. How did that happen? And how do you see it? Yeah. So, um, you know, about 12 years ago, actually almost 14 years ago, when I met Cecily, we knew, uh, within the first 24 hours of meeting each other that, that, uh, we were destined to be married. I knew that she was going to be my wife and she knew that I was going to be her husband. Okay. That just totally blows my mind. I know that's true of you. I can see it in both your faces. I know that's very true. Yeah. And actually two days later, we talked about it. We, we both discussed, Hey, I really feel like God told me you're supposed to be a wife. And she said the same thing to me. That's amazing. Uh, so we dated and were engaged for uh, about two years and then we got married and, and now we've been married for almost 12 years. But at the time, uh, I was actually working, I was a pastor in South central Los Angeles and I worked with young adults and high school students okay. and, uh, was, you know, pre- preaching multiple times mm-hmm. a week, leading worship, you know, nine times a week and ministry was just Wow. Uh, that was life. We were just, I was running yeah. uh, pretty hard. And so I was excited to uh, have uh, Cecily to be my wife. She was at uh, Cal Baptist University and she had gone on mission trips and she seemed like she was really gung-ho uh, about ministry and, and just being committed to who God has called us to be. And so I was I was excited. And I remember early on, even in our dating time, um, just having this image of her uh, I feel like, the, and I, I still do believe that the Lord gave me this image of her, just being this woman at this pulpit and sharing and and speaking, sharing her testimony, because it's just incredible uh, being a foster kid and just meeting the Lord and how God's uh, hand had been on her from from just a young age and until the moment I met, and still to this day. So you feel like the Lord showed you that that kind of highly public ministry life you guys would be doing together or... Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, and, and I did. And... um you know, it's, it's a confession on my, my, of my faults. Um, mm. I took that, that image, that picture of her became my expectation in our Got marriage. Got it. Got it. And so working in ministry, having all these relationships, doing all this stuff over and over and over again, um, I expected Cecily to come alongside me, to be as passionate, to be as gung ho. And so, mm-hmm. um, the beginning of our, our relationship and our beginning of our marriage, uh, started, uh, me pulling her into this stuff. Come yeah. on, you, you got to do this. You got to build these relationships. You need to start pouring out. You need to uh, do more. You need to do more. You need to do more. You need to do more. And so year after year, and she would get involved in some stuff, but I could always just, it would, it was so frustrating because I didn't see her heart was in it. And I'm like, why are you not so fired mm. up about this? Like I am like, why are you not pouring out? Like I am, why are you not, um, meeting the expectation I am forming in my mind about, um, looking back, do you guys, do you remember actually having those discussions? Oh my God. Straight up. So many times. Yeah. So many times. And, um, it was more of me just like throwing up all of these expectations and you're like, why? Like we've got, you know, hundreds of of young people in front of us and I feel like I'm doing this on my own. Why are you not sewing in more? Why are you not in like, are you, you know, how is your relationship with the Lord? Because I don't even see you doing yeah. these things. And, um, well, I got to stop you because as you're talking, I, I mean, I'm reviewing things in my head early in my marriage and, and, uh, I, I too, my, you know, with your hair on fire, you're going like a rocket. Right. And, and, uh, I think, I think I did some of this to, to Shar as well. And I think if she were sitting here, she would agree in a little bit of different regard that we differed theologically, and I come from a charismatic background. She comes from a highly conservative background where the gifts of the Spirit were barely ever even talked about. And so I was constantly making her feel 
less spiritual. Maybe even that she didn't love Jesus as much as me because certain gifts of the Spirit weren't operating, and she she felt like I was being critical and judging her walk with the Lord. Um, and and maybe I was. I mean, as you're talking, I'm going, gosh, I, sh- I need to get my wife here and apologize to her. <laughs> uh, it's amazing what we we get a picture of something and man, yeah. we go on it. It's bad. That's all I needed was just a little bit of something. And I'm like, all right, Lord, you gave right. me this picture of my wife. I'm going to be a good husband and help yeah. push her into this. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so year after year went by um, of doing ministry and her not coming on board. And, and I began to uh, just get frustrated and kind of bitter towards her. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then ministry concluded after about five or six years in LA. Um, and, and we had our second child and, and felt like the Lord was calling us back to home Bakersfield. Okay. And so we moved back and, uh, got, got working at another church, got back into, um, family business and, um, things just got worse yeah. and worse and worse. Now I'm at a church, we're working more with adults and we're doing hands-on ministry, uh, you know, as a family and I'm not getting the support for my wife. I'm not getting this engagement for my wife. And, uh, I really started to hate my marriage. Yeah. I really started hating my wife. I yeah. really, uh, pursued and looked at avenues of trying to get out of my marriage. Right. How can I get my kids and get out of this? Because this woman is not, um, she's not walking in who I think that God has yeah. called her to be. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, th- as you say that, I, I think Sean and I mentioned it in the very first episode of Expectation Disappointment that the human heart is what what is left behind when an expectation, even a bogus one, one that you, we don't have a right to, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, but even a, a fabricated one in our own mind that we should not have, um, we're left with disappointment, frustration resentment, bitterness, and finally anger. And in the end, a whole lot of self-pity. Yeah. This is where it kind of ends is, am I the only guy in the world? Am I the only gal in the world married to such a person? And once we're get under that self-pity, it's a, it's a horrible trap and a marriage just begins to fade. A love, the love between a couple begins to fade. So Cecily, let me turn to you now. So during this time, you've been nodding your head. How's it feeling on your end where you know there's disappointment there and you don't want to disappoint? How I how- really, I did not want to disappoint, but there was nothing I could do to help him. I, I couldn't change myself. Right. I, I just fell into like despair. And um, every time I failed, I felt like, I'm well, I'm a failure. I just, I'm never going to get this right. And I feel like that kind of carried into my relationship with Jesus too. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like, oh, you know, well, I can't amazing. even be yeah. a wife or a mom. I'm like sucking at this. I'm yeah. like, I suck at being a Christian. Right. And I mean, up until probably two years ago, I walked around thinking I am the crappiest Christian. Uh, just a failure. That there right. is just a failure. And like, and I can't get this right. God, will I ever get this right? Right. And so that's mm. something that I picked up after going through that with him. Yeah. So you guys were here in this, you're, you're jammed up in this mess, again, driven by an expectation. And this is, it'd probably be a good time for me to stop. And I was sharing this with you guys earlier that expectations, legit expectations, because it begs the question for any couple. And if you're, you're listening, I, I hopefully you're asking, okay, do I have the right expectations here? We all have them. We come in with hundreds of them, maybe thousands in our heart over our spouse. Many of them are harmful. They're like, um, uh, 
They, I equate them to little speed bumps, big potholes. You're going down the road of life together and bam, when you hit one, it rattles your teeth, right? Because it hits hard and they're everywhere. They're like little unseen potholes. She can fail me and I can fail her and these built up expectations, whether they're sexual, money issues, time management, um, how I'm to relate to my job. Uh, am I home enough? for her to be happy. And she has an expectation of what it should look like. And I have expectations, but no expectations isn't healthy. So we've, we've got to have some, right? I can't just say, oh no, honey, you can, you can blow all our, all our money on drugs if you want. You can come home tonight or not come home. It's okay. I'm going to love you unconditionally. And you can go have other men and you can, it's completely unrealistic and unhealthy of a relationship like that. So what we're saying is that some expectations are awesome and they're great. How do I filter through in my heart to get the ones that are healthy for, for our marriage? And there's three filters. Number one, things that I have vowed to Charlene. She has every right to expect. Things that she vowed in our marriage vow, our wedding vow, to love, honor, and cherish for better, for worse, richer, for poor, when life is good and when it's hard until death parts us and one of us goes to be with Jesus. That's the promise. So she should expect, and I should be able to have a legitimate expectation that my spouse is efforting, laboring, striving even to do what they said they'd do. Um, number two, uh, things that are biblically revealed. And again, a lot of this is a rehash from uh, episodes one and two of uh, expectation disappointment, but that's a big one. Things that the Bible holds me to, Charlene should be able to expect. If it calls me to uh, love her as Christ loves the church, in other words, with sacrifice, then there should be an expectation, a legit, that my life is sacrificial for her highest good, right? If um, if it calls me to live with her in understanding, then she should expect that. If it calls her to uh, honor me and as she gives high place to Christ, then, then I should expect that, that there's an elevation of my place in her life as her husband. So things, number one, that we vowed, number two, things biblically revealed. And then the real tough one, the hard one, because so much of life falls in this category, is only the things mutually agreed upon as necessary and attainable. Because the Bible doesn't deal with so many issues in life. Who disciplines the kids? Who keeps the oil in the car? Who And, and you got to work through this stuff as a husband and wife. And you got to have a filter to do that, a way to mutually agree upon something that it's both attainable for both of us and necessary for our collective highest good. And this is what Charlie and I were not good at, was getting that win-win and in the middle and finding that. So when I look at, I'm looking at Zach here, now those expectations that you had, not evil at all. They're awesome. Let's ask the question, were they something that Cecily vowed to you in her wedding vows? No, right? Was it something biblically revealed? Could Cecily look on page 412 of her Bible and say, no, when you're married to a man like Zach in ministry, this is how you're to behave. It, it, it's not there, right? right? And then here's the rub is, was it ever talked about lovingly and came to a mutual agreement where it's a win-win? Cecily feels honored as you work her into that or you labor to see that. But again, you let Cecily be Cecily. And, and the answer was no, there was nowhere where probably you guys talked through and it festered and festered. Now 
apparently things have changed right? You're here. You guys look happy. I love you guys so much. So God's done something. How did he break that that trap you guys were in to where Cecily's not feeling like a failure? She feels successful and a partner in a partnership married, and you're not laboring with self-pity and frustration and bitterness and those things. How'd the Lord do it? Um, yeah, so that is the crazy part of the story, and that's just how good God is. Uh, he knows how to get a hold of us, and so um, it hit a point where, um, and Cecily, she was a uh, she was a foster kid, and so she still mm-hmm. maintained relationship with her her dad, biological dad, over the years, and her mom, um, and her dad uh, in July of 2020, 21, um, she got a phone call that her dad had been, um, hit crossing the street in a tiny little Northern California town and killed. Mm. And, um, I, I was just beyond frustrated with their marriage at that point. Um, just did, I think both of us were just kind of, um, so this is when it was not good. It was, yeah, it was horrible. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, uh, because of my probably not because they were my, my expectations. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it's okay. Let's let's go up to Northern California and uh, let's handle you know the affairs of him getting him buried and processing right. his end of life stuff. And he you know was kind of transient um, in and out of um, mm. uh, home and not. And, and um, so we go uh, to Northern California in this tiny little town. We have a, a church service for for him, and I'm there with my wife and our our kids stayed behind. It was just me and her. And um, uh, I, I felt like I needed to, even though we had solidified the plot and the cemetery and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I felt like I needed to, uh, not go to the reception, but to drive to the cemetery, which was 45 minutes up in the mountains of okay. this tiny little mountain town and, um, to, to make sure everything was good and, and set up. And so I left her, I go up there and it's this tiny little cemetery and it's locked up and no one's there. And I'm kind of like just frustrated. And so I'm, I see a board, uh, or <laughs> a board members list with their phone numbers. And so I'm calling them, Hey, I'm here. And I'm, we're going to have a funeral. I've already paid for everything. Let's, let's, let's get it going. And, um, I finally get a hold of somebody comes in and, and, and I'm talking to him. He's like, yeah, I got your paperwork. Everything's good to go. I said, well, where's the plot at? And he kind of points to this area where there's like four different, um, type plots, uh, squares open. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, where's the hole at? And he, he said, well, I have a shovel. He said, <laughs> you, what do you mean you have a shovel? And he said, no, if you, you dig, you, you're going to dig the grave. Oh, wow. And so he hands me the shovel and um, I started to, to dig in this rocky mountain soil in the mountains of Northern California mm. and um, began to sweat and uh, began, my hands began to just fall apart and I began to weep and cry. And, uh, mm. and I realized in that moment, I'm just so thankful for God's faithfulness because he could have let me keep going. Oh, yeah. But he stopped me in that moment. And I'm I'm frustrated because I'm digging this man's grave and I'm mad at him and I'm mad at my wife and I'm mad at my marriage. And and the Lord stopped me in his safe and he said, Son, um, the problem isn't your wife, it's mm. it's you. And I and I said, What do you what do you mean? You you if you would ask me about who I was in that moment, I said, I'm leading my house, I'm 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 past, helping pastor a church, I'm working successful, yeah, taking care of my family and kids. He says, you have not loved your wife the way that I love the church, the way mm-hmm. that I've told you to love your wife. Mm-hmm. And he began to, to walk me through his relationship with me because my, he showed me my relationship with him was skewed. And I had unhealthy expectations um, f- for, for myself. And uh, 
he began to walk me through what I thought my expectations that God had for me. And he said, son, do I throw anything in your face? Mm. Do I keep a record of wrongs? Is Do I not embrace you with love and mercy and grace? And he said, you've never done that for your wife. All you've done is um, hold your thumb over her and force her into, into trying to be someone that she she is not. She's mm-hmm. not that person. He said, you've taken these expectations and you've tried to mold her into that instead of mm. letting me do what I need to do and you focusing on being who you're supposed mm. to be. And I recognized in that moment that I had failed as a husband and I had failed as a father and I had failed as as the man of God that I was supposed and to be. And all this happened as, I'm digging it, as you're digging your yeah. father-in-law's grave. And I was just weeping like mm. a baby. I was just weeping. Oh my. It, it wrecked my mind Yeah, yeah. in that moment. Um, and so I had to apologize to my wife and I had to, from that moment forward, I made it uh, resolve in my mind. So Lord, help me to love my wife the way that you love me. Right. Uh, which is Uncon- without condition. Exactly. Man. That's it. And I realized it, when I started to, to love that way, yeah. um, everything started to change. I bet. And everything that I had waited for and hoped for that my wife would would start to do and become happened. Right. And it was so good. I can't imagine where we would be if that if right. he wouldn't have broken my heart in that moment. I want to come back to that, but Cecily, let me get you uh, Cecily's wiping tears away. What is this is an incredible story. So did you see immediate change? I mean, could you tell something had happened to Zach? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. It was that obvious. It was so obvious. Like he just loved me so differently. It was like he, I was a bird and he opened the cage and Mm. just let me out. And I just felt free. Like I was free to be myself. I was free to uh, grow in the Lord. It just like the freedom that I experienced after, after that moment, it was just incredible. Right. Changed everything. And still going on, I'm sure. It's still happening, yeah. yeah. He's still, God is just so good. And like he said too, I just, I always just pinpoint it back to God's kindness. Like, God, you are so kind that you love both of us that much. That, I yeah. mean, I even think- That he intervened like, like that. Yes. And I even think him like from my dad's life, like, God, thank you. Because I went through like a terrible childhood with him. Right. And uh, God used my dad. Used him in his passing. <laughs> yeah, in his passing. To bring breakthrough. Wow. Yeah, so- I'm just so thankful. Well, I know that it had a big effect clearly on you and Zach. I mean, since I've met you guys, you just always look very much in love. But even when your walk with Jesus, I think it made a a big difference there because you said so much of that had seeped into feeling like a failure spiritually, just failing everything and everybody, even the Lord, right? Yes. And now Zach and I, like, we are instead of, I wish we would have done this so many years ago, but like, we're able to grow together. Right. Like we're growing closer to Christ together, which is the model that you want to follow. Absolutely. But we just didn't know how. That's awesome. Zach, you were saying that things are, are different. She's becoming things. I know that she spoke, uh, gave her testimony back up in that little mountain town. I know that, uh, which are all things that it seems to me, if, if I'm hearing right, that some of what you saw originally the Lord is doing now. Oh, it's surpassed. It's really surpassed all of that. Um, it just blows me away. I, I, when I look at my wife, I'm like her confidence, um, who she is, her self-esteem, her walk, um, her boldness. She it's night and day, just like she saw an immediate, um, change in me. I've seen just this major progressive change in my wife and she's healthy. And, um, it's, it's, 
literally a result of me just dying to my own selfishness and expectations yeah. and saying, yeah. okay, Lord, uh, I'm going to love my wife the way that you've called me to. Right. And I'm going to love my kids the way that you've called me to. Uh, are, 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 there's peace in the home. Has your communication, because a lot of this is really is about, there's a message about communicating too. And honey, can we talk about this, right? And being able to talk about anything together yeah. to find resolve in the middle, which couples just don't have that mechanism even in place. And when they don't, it leads to this kind of stuff where unspoken expectations, not enough communication. You guys communicating well these days? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, you know, I have a, a, a boss who, who taught me years ago, it's not about being right. It's about being effective mm -hmm. in your communication. And so uh, there's times where I feel like I need to say something to Cecily, like something maybe rough. And then all of a sudden I'll stop and, and the Lord's like, you just need to shut up. There you go. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, in the middle of conversation, I love you and I'm sorry. That's it. I was going to say this and I realized that I was wrong a hundred percent. And then we move on because I think the expectations came from me thinking like that maybe um, I needed to do more for the Lord mm. and I wasn't living up to those expectations. And so I just assumed that's how, mm. and so loving her has helped me to understand God's grace and mercy on my life. And right on. Um, it's yeah. just, uh, it's, it's the most beautiful. I, I mean, I just feel more in love and more content and more at peace now than I ever have in my entire life. Fantastic. Cecily, you're nodding your head. You feel good these days. You're in a good place, aren't you? Oh my gosh. I don't even know the person that I have blossomed into and it's only been like what two years in two years i've completely changed and um so I'm, was the culture of your marriage bound up in this for seven or eight years you're saying 10 years if, 10 years wow so this the last two years is where the lord has really broken out on you guys and really doing done all this yes oh it's fantastic well, listen, we are out of time. Thank you guys so much for coming and sharing your story. I appreciate you guys. And and he's far from done. You guys oh, definitely have a call in your life. And and is it hard to share this story? I just out of curiosity, Seth, is it hard to share the story? You're getting more comfortable. It's not hard. I'm getting more comfortable. I'm just, every time I hear it, I'm just more blessed and thankful for it. I can tell. Yeah. Grateful to the Lord. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm so grateful for it. I'm just like, Lord, thank you so much that you didn't leave me the way I was that you've done this. But I, I you know, I talk to like men and, and marriages and they're tell they're saying stuff and I'm like, he sounds like me. And I just want to shake him. And I'm like, Lord, <laughs> do it's it. digging a grave to break me. Like, Lord, whatever you need to do to break this oh, guy of awesome. his expectations so that he understands that he needs to love his wife the way that you love the church. Right on. Uh, that is so good. That's my dream. So I enjoy it this testimony. It's a message of my failure and God's grace and his faithfulness. And it's yeah. just beautiful. So. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing and we'd love to have you back someday soon. All right. All right. And thanks to you for listening to uh, this episode of Marriage Matters with Ken and Shar. God bless you guys. And we can't wait to see you next time. Thank you guys for coming in. God bless you.